This episode of Youth Ministry Booster Podcast is brought to you by Grow Curriculum. See what 800 other churches have learned, that Grow isn't just a curriculum, but a strategy for growth in your ministry. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com on the Curriculum tab to learn how you can get Grow Curriculum and Youth Ministry Booster to boost your entire ministry for 2018. Youth pastors in the know, go with Grow Boosted. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. If you're a youth pastor out there and you are looking to get healthy, you're probably thinking, I need to check my beverage, right? Check yourself, check your beverage, <laughs> check your heart. And so this episode of Youth Ministry Booster Podcast is brought to you unofficially by LaCroix Sparkling Water. And so my name is Zach Workin, and my best friend, Kristen Lascola, and this other guy that we talked to, Chad Higgins, are here to talk to you about the health benefits of LaCroix Sparkling Water and Youth Ministry Booster for a hardworking, healthy youth ministry community. And so, guys, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Oh, Chad's hating right now. Chad is hating on the LaCroix movement. And it is zero calories. It is zero sugar. And it is a hundred percent delicious. This sugar-free train rides all day, Chad. You know what? You know what Lacroix was. Lacroix was the gateway drug that, like, are now why kids are eating Tide Pods. Like that was okay. Okay. Like they were like, "Mm, I've officially killed all taste buds that I have from drinking this Mm. awful (laughs) drink. Now, Mm. what's better, Tide Pods? Like, that's what I'm going to go to. Chad, are you offering them the taste is so bad you should bleach it out of your mouth? I'm saying literally, like, (laughs) the meme has never been more right. Like, LaCroix is, like, literally drinking hairspray out of a can. Okay. Okay. Have you ever had the pamplemousse flavor? Grapefruit, otherwise known as grapefruit. For for English natives, it's uh, uh, grapefruit. (laughs) But for the rest of us... If you're not fancy, it's grapefruit. So have you had it? Yes or no? Every single one that I've had, okay, that claims to be different flavors. (laughs) Like, it's all the exact same flavor. It's yeah. like it, they're all like, okay, mm, um, open it. Oh, that's a different smell than the last can. I put it to my <laughs> mouth. Boom. It's like getting kicked in the back of the throat. Like every single um, one of them. Well, I, I will say this, Kristen, and you can edit me if I'm wrong. I, I, I think the, the to really break yourself into a tasty LaCroix experience, uh, the visceral experience that is drinking LaCroix for the first time, it, the colder, the better. I mean, it has to yes. be like sub-zero. It has to be ice cold. Like, so there is almost an argument for if you could find a way to nearly freeze it and then pop right. that top immediately. Refreshing. When you're ready, right? It's like hot coffee, right? Like, yeah, like if it's really well-made coffee, you could drink it while it's cold. But for a, for right. a first-timer experience, you want it to be as cold no, see, as possible me like the fact that you have to go through extra steps to enjoy of what chilling it making a drink cold is not an extra step all right all right hot diet coke drinker enjoy your room temperature diet soda jeez yeah i see you drinking that a lot i'm pointing listen all i'm saying you guys are making it to where like it's only the best if it's like almost frozen right like anytime that you're like okay this drink is great if you're hanging upside down, oh my god! Oh no. Asking a no, drink to be cold is like asking a movie theater to have a functioning screen. No, no, you can ask for your money back if the screen doesn't work at the movie theater, and you can ask for your money back if someone serves you a warm Lacroix. I'm, it's fine. It's okay. All Lacroix drinkers agree. 
colder the better room temperature yes. LaCroix. Yeah, I get it. I don't like room temperature LaCroix either. That's why we drink it fast yeah. and we drink all it often. LaCroix drinkers, <laughs> all LaCroix drinkers also believe that hacky sack's coming back, but it's probably not going to come back False. either. All right? <laughs> no, that's a different that's group. A different you're mistaking group, you're, yeah, us. You're, you're, try, you're trying to lump, Chad, know me for my personhood. Know me for my personhood. Oh my which goodness. is why, which is why we're going to get into our youth ministry question today. Uh, if you hadn't had fun with the banter yet, that is uh, Chad Higgins and Kristen LaScola. My name is Zach Working, and we're going to talk about youth ministry questions, the important questions that maybe you couldn't talk with anybody else about. Uh, when you're a youth pastor serving in youth ministry, either full-time, part-time, volunteer, paid, uh, there's just a level of distinction of what your leadership calls you for that sometimes it's hard to talk with the parents, the volunteers, and even the students in an honest way. And so I think the question today that I need help with, Chad and Kristen, is how honest is too honest when we're communicating with students, uh, whether it's from stage and like a personal story that we're going to share, or if it's like that camp moment. So it's like after the service and the student comes up to you and it's kind of that counseling minute after the fact, and they just begin to share their heart and unload who they are. And they say, what about you? Have you ever felt this way? Have you ever gone through this? There, There is a tenderness and an honesty there that they're asking for. And so what, if any, are some of the guardrails for us? Like how honest is too honest when it comes to youth ministry? So before we completely dive into that question, here's where I'd love us to start, Zach. What are ways and examples that you would say this is done poorly in? Uh, I think I would set up by saying this is a little bit of the overshare. And so let's go around the horn and maybe all share a time that we've either heard <laughs> or been guilty ourselves of overshare. I know uh, that for some some folks, maybe we overshare our, our own kind of sleeping or living patterns a little too much, right? Like this is the, like my life. I don't think anybody cares if I'm up late or up early. I don't think anybody cares about how some of my days go. And so I think there is maybe some guardedness there of like what happens with my day isn't always relevant to students. Uh, Chad, the one that you had shared earlier uh, about maybe our marital or significant other relationships. If you want to dive into that, maybe the levels of appropriateness yeah. for the ways in which not only you treat yourself, your body, your day, but also the one that you're, you know, dating or married sure. to. Well, and, and this is, and I've actually had this conversations with youth ministers that see this completely different than me. Right. But it is, in my mind, it's the youth pastor that uh, this often comes up during like a dating relationship type series, right? Um, and I often think of it's normally a male youth minister who's going to talk about how smoking hot his wife is, right? And like, and usually makes the sound like, Whoa! yeah, right? right? Yeah. And, and it always comes where it's like, <laughs> wolf whistles his own yeah, other, yeah. Like, you guys can't have sex until you're married. But for me, I'm married with this smoking hot brunette. You know what I mean? And you're like, ow! Yeah. And, and, and I, I'm just like, Okay, now all the seventh grade boys in your room are thinking of your wife very inappropriately, right? And right, so right. in my mind, like that's how I always see it. But I've I've talked to guys that I mean, they're very adamant that it's like, well, I, I want them to see and enjoy that, you know, marriage you know, is a, a thing to, you know, delight in. And I'm like, Yeah, well, great, but they're not married to your wife, right? And, right. and so also Honor your wife, correct. dude. <laughs> correct. Um, but, but, and, and I know that there are probably even people that are listening right now that, that would disagree. And so for us, and, and I think this episode, 
you, you may not agree with everything that we have to say, but the heart of what we're trying to communicate though today um, is that we need to be conscious of why we would share these kind of things um, a- a- along the way. Kristen, what about you? Have what are what's an example for you that you're like, okay, this probably should not be talked about. Yeah, I for sure agree with you on that smoking hot wife thing. I think we're all sort of over it. Or that smoking hot Jeff Lascola. Ow! He (laughs) is, but that goes without saying. And so here's the thing. I'm always like, who are you trying to convince? Yeah. Okay. I hope you really love your spouse. I hope you think they're drop dead gorgeous. Can we move on? Like the fact that you bring it up all the time is like, okay, we're We're convinced. convinced. Like, calm down. But you know, <laughs> it's like drinking. You keep um, saying that a lot. I don't know if that word means what you think that word means. Yeah, it's like how Lacroix drinkers have to convince everybody that it's good, right? Mm, maybe. <laughs> no, just you. Yeah, just, just you. you. You're the only we'll you over, my friend. <laughs> you know, I think one thing. Um, you know, you kind of were headed that direction, Chad. But it's like, so transparency is this thing that we definitely cannot do without, right? In ministry, like nobody wants a youth pastor who is up on this pedestal that we're all supposed to admire and, you know, try to emulate every single part of their life because they're perfect. You know, we want to show our vulnerabilities for the sole purpose that it gives people hope and because it makes us, you know, so much more identifiable. Um, So I think there's this big movement in the past. I don't know. Gosh, transparency and authenticity have been buzzwords as long as I can actually remember. I can't even put a year on that. But um, so that is like such the bread and butter of how we communicate. Um, But yeah, there's this like weird tension with the oversharing. And for me, I always come, the first question I always ask myself is, you know, like my age group and I've done it well and I've, and I've missed the mark, you know, depending on my age group, you know, Um, I remember doing like the purity talk when I was really young with my junior hires and um, I don't remember the context. Exactly, but somewhere in there, I I use the word condom, <laughs> and I remember a parent. Um, she wasn't mad, <laughs> but she came up to me after she was a homeschool mom and said, um, "Hey, my daughter came home from church and asked me what a condom was, and." Um, do you know why she would have asked me that? And I'm like, I do. I definitely do. <laughs> and so I said, Hey, I apologize. You know, we were talking about purity and I had mentioned it because this is something kids say, but I realized I may have opened that door too soon for, you know, so I think I could have done that in a better way. I think I still could have gotten my point across and I think I still could have done my purity talk really well without having to talk about something that might have been age inappropriate, you know? Um, And I mean, that's not talking about transparency with myself. That was just an example to show, like, we've got to know this audience. Yeah. Um, But, you know, when it comes to sharing about ourselves, it's like, does this fit the age group? Because maybe the example is great, because it applies to what's going on, but you don't have to share every dirty little detail about whatever... Um, the struggle was or whatever the example is or whatever your past sin or story is to get your point across because 
the bottom line, the question is always, um, is this about me? Yeah. Or is this about my audience? Mm. Is this helpful for them? And what details do I need to share for it to be helpful? And what details am I sharing to get the like sensational sizzle and get everyone's like ears tingling? You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I, I think there is something to that like, ooh, I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but it is a dang good story. And I think that's one of mm-hmm. the things we have to be make sure to catch ourselves because sometimes our personal stories uh, are great stories, but I don't know if they're always communicating with you want to communicate. And so uh, maybe as an act of, of, of maturing, being able to censor like, okay, like, yes, that's a great story, but is it really trying to do what I want it to do? Or do I just want to really tell that story? And I think, I think at least when it comes to like stage communication stuff, whether you're teaching or talking, like that's always maybe a thing to run it through. Cause I think it's important to note. I don't know if there's an exact answer for all of these. I think Kristen, you're right in saying that like, it is very much like age and audience and room specific. Like there's maybe something that you would share with a young person in kind of a, a moment of like that counseling or after session stuff of like, Hey, I have this question. I don't know. And maybe there is something like honest and like kind of like tender in that moment to share that maybe isn't like a broadcast moment. Right. Like I think about the ways in which we, we even talk about some of the things here on the podcast that maybe we're not, we're not ever like lying or duplicitous about, but like, it's different when you know, it's going to be recorded. Right. Like some, some of the, stories that we joked about whether or not we were going to share today of like, yeah, like we can maybe share that, but it's also going to be recorded. (laughs) And so like, there's, there's stories that like, I would love to share with a youth pastor, you know, at a conference about like, maybe this happened or when we were younger or things that we did wrong or mistakes, but maybe not some of the mistakes that we want like etched and recorded forever. And I think for a lot of us, like that is a really important way to think about some of those things. But I also wonder like, not just the like the overshare kind of stuff, but Chad, maybe if you want to weigh in on like the stuff that's not fully formed, because I think there's like a real like pastoral thing of like, I'm in the middle of this and I want to bring my students into the middle of it too. And that's maybe that's like a thing that's happening in your life or like a transition or like a sickness or an illness. Like this is the like, I lost my, my parent too soon or something in my life tragic that happened. And I just want to air out all of the questions and the doubts and the anger that I have with God so my students can see that like really vulnerable me. And so maybe if you want to share like not just like the overshare of like inappropriateness, but maybe the like story too soon. No, I think that it's a phenomenal area to talk about because I think for a lot of our listeners, these are going to kind of be the areas that – um, are really up more for debate than like the questionable, right? Like we know that there are certain words that, you know, are going to get a rise of students when we're in like a relationship series and those kind of things. Um, but oftentimes you'll have either the story that like was from your past, right? That like, I mean, was obvious, like maybe sin in your life before this redemption of Christ. And so it's like, how do, how do we share that, right? And and all those kind of things. And I think there's a tactful way to do that and, and a way that we do that that puts focused on Christ rather than um, our sin. But, but in the moment, I think it's really important, even when it's not sinful things, but just like hurt and pain that we may be walking through, right? Like... um and I think it's really important to remember who we are as much as it is to remember who our audience is, right? It's one thing to know, like, okay, I'm speaking to junior high students here. I think it's a, it's also an important thing to also remember and realize 
I'm I'm these students' youth pastor, right? I'm these students' like spiritual leader, at least in this moment in this room, right? As I'm up here on stage, like combing through God's word. And so when when we're um when we're not mindful of that, it's really easy that we begin to put um our emotional hurt and pain onto students that are not mentally or emotionally prepared for that, right? Um, you know, my my wife is a therapist and one of the things that uh, you know they talk about and talk through is you know, for many therapists, making sure that they have other therapists that they themselves are talking to. Because, I mean, you get into a situation where day after day you're hearing like heart-wrenching stories, right? Like that begins to affect you. And so for students, when we as adults take adult problems, right, and put it on top of them, um, for some of them, they, they're not ready to handle some of those kind of things, to see you in those kind of lights. And so I think it's important that we, we're mindful of that um, and that we're speaking out of wisdom and discernment rather than just whatever fits. And I think that there's a really important line that we weigh that. And so part of that, I think, is having people in your life um, that speak truth right into you that you can bounce things off of. You know, I know Zach, I mean, for you, for the last few years, like, I feel like we've had that relationship, right? There's been often times yeah. where for you and I, like it's going, uh, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. This is kind of an idea. What are your thoughts here? And just getting feedback. Um, and over time, like we've gotten to know each other well enough to where I'm able to even see like, where you're at in your life and why you may be thinking that way of something that's completely not related. Right. And so I think that yep. that's important that we have as, as youth ministers and leaders is do we have other people that we are honest, that we are transparent with that know what's going on in our life, that we're leading from a place of health and not a place of just turmoil in our life. Kristen. Okay. You work with middle school students. And so this is something I want to ask, I want to hit you up with. I feel like maybe even more so than high school students, middle school students are are like clamoring for all kinds of media. How honest are you with uh, the kinds of like, I mean, because you're older than 13. And so things like PG-13 movies or different musics or bands or content or whatever is available to you in a way that's more free. How do you talk about like, content because i think there is that like there's like the, the the like the emotional the hurt the like sensational but there's also just the like here's the movies that i went to here's the things i like here's the places i hang out H- how does that work in a middle school setting when you're working with a lot of 11 and 12 year olds that's such a <clears throat> good question i'm actually really glad you brought it up because um you know, I think it's just the same idea of that, you know, what is age appropriate to share. So, um, you know, when, when we're giving our small group leaders guidelines for things to do with their small group, we, one of the guidelines is if you're going to watch a movie together, it has to be PG or below. Yeah. Because 
I'm not going to filter every PG-13 movie that may or may not be appropriate, but we're talking about 11 and 12-year-olds so <laughs> in some easier, cases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so what, that same idea, if that is the standard, okay, we're not going to show anything over PG-13 to our kids so that we're on the safe side, then I don't use any PG-13 or above movies in my conversations with them, in my humor with them, in my illustrations for my sermons. No matter how funny it might be, um, we really encourage our small group leaders, and that's why we model it as youth pastors, is we don't use that kind of um, joking or content in our and our interactions with students. So unless they can go and look it up or go and watch it and me be okay with it, we don't talk about it, we don't show it, we don't mention it. You know, because even some of our funny videos, you know, in the past, I've been like super tempted. Oh, I'm just going to edit that part yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, I'll just edit that word Bleak out. The word. Oh, I'll just... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But then it's like, yeah, but now they're going to go home. They're going to type it into YouTube because they want to show their friends. Like some of their, them even go home and show all their, their parents all of the videos we show because they think it's so funny. You know, and so I always use this magnet of like crud. If there's anything in there that they cannot go and do or search at home, then I'm not even going to bring it up. Um, because, yeah, there are, you know, some of the people at our staff watch Game of Thrones. Like, okay, that's like up to your discretion, I guess. You're an adult. You can make that choice. But like you could never use that as an illustration talking with a student because they shouldn't be watching now, it. I know you're in seventh so grade now with a legend of Jon Snow goes. <laughs> but we should never be using, you know, stories that could be a potential stumbling block to them. You know, like even if it tickles their curiosity a little or bit. Or even like, if hey, they've guys, already seen it. Because I think that's the thing that like becomes the tension totally. for me is that like sometimes I feel like there's the censoring of yourself for things that they've already seen. Like it's the classic like, well, we don't play these video games in our youth room, but our kids do. So, uh, so okay. So g- give me that question, Christian. But what if the 12-year-old brings it up? Like, okay, so you have an intern and say that intern's a great person, but the 12 year old brings up content that's PG 13. Maybe it's not even like totally wrong, but they bring up like the PG 13 content. Like, do you shut it down? Do you let it play? Like, I mean, like, and Chad, feel free to jump in. Cause I think this is where we start getting into like, I mean, what do you yeah. do when it's like, so, okay. Bad example for maybe a good point. What do you do when you have that kid that knows like all the lines from the Adam Sandler or the South Park or family guy or Simpson stuff that, you know, but you've never talked with your students about like, do you like smirk and not say anything? Do you like joke just with them? Do you shut it down? Like, what do you do when the lines blur because they brought it up? That's a tough one. <clears throat> Cause I think, you know, speaking honestly i've done it all like there's been that side conversation where you're like this is so funny and you don't want to be like hey you shouldn't be watching that you know like you don't want to be like this killjoy like but at the same time you know we're like treading in some interesting waters that we need to be careful of so there's i don't think there's a like and to me, it's like, what is the content? Like I used yeah. a long time ago, I remember using a song that Family Guy had used for something. Okay. Now, the song existed before outside of Family Guy. It was Guy. probably peanut butter jelly time, but go on. 
<laughs> no. It, it was this steak and egg song oh, with yeah, the guys yeah. like yeah. the weightlifters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we used it for something, just the melody. And I thought this song exists. It's by a legit artist. Well, there's a kid who knows family guy and he started singing steak and eggs, eggs and steak. And my husband, he used to help me out before child. And we like looked at each other and we like just started like dying laughing. And it became this little inside joke between us and this kid. So I felt like that was you know, harmless-ish because yeah. the content wasn't sketchy. It was a song from a sketchy show, but the content itself was not sketchy. I think it's different if we're joking about something that is innately sketchy, right. not just from maybe a sketchy thing right, right. or show. You know it, what I mean? The dirty joke because versus the like, again, the PG-13, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, my kids bring up hot rod all the time. Right. Like I know there's some inappropriate parts to that, but if they're talking about a funny part yeah. that has nothing to do with something inappropriate, I'll engage. Yeah. But if they go, Oh, remember that scene when did it like, I would never engage with something like that. So if, if they bring it up and they're talking about something that is not innately inappropriate, I personally, I don't think I would shut it down. Okay. Higgins to you, sir. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> Chad, Chad hates being pinned down. All Chad hates being pinned down. Watch, watch him fantastically maneuver around this question, throw it back to me and then critique me for not answering the question. <laughs> no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be brutally honest and I'm just going to speak for myself. Okay? okay. And I, I just want to speak for myself and so know that as I okay. say this. Um, God, Lee, Zach working. I hate you, and I hate this show. Um, I think I think the heart of the issue for some of this is there are probably really dumb shows and dumb things that I listen to that if I'm really honest with myself, I probably should. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like what? Um, <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh, from the middle school pastor and the side of the room. Yes. <laughs> make it it's all about okay, transparency. Make it make it tangible. <laughs> which which clips? <laughs> all all about. Okay, I, I, here here here's my thing. Right, you, you guys both know. So I've been trying to do a lot of stand up comedy, right? <laughs> And so to do that well, you you watch a lot of stand up. Uh, obviously, right? the clean ones. Ob uh, obviously, the only people I listen to are Christian comics, skit right? guys, and other Tim, things. Tim skit Hawkins, guys. the skit guys, correct? Right? Tim Hawkins, <laughs> John Chris, <Because> Tim Hawkins. <laughs> I, it's just John Chris and only his appropriate videos. On some some of John Chris is out there. I'm not going to lie. I don't feel comfortable showing. And if John's listening, we can talk about it. But there are some. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I, so I will listen to like some standups that are, I mean, absolutely filthy. Right. Um, and I I will lie to you if I tell you that I don't laugh, yeah. right? <laughs> and 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 so, but I think I think when it gets to that, I think one of the biggest reasons that I and probably others struggle in this area 
is if we're going to be super honest with ourselves, there are probably areas of conviction that we don't want to deal with for ourselves, yeah, for yeah, myself, yeah. right? For myself that I don't, I don't want to deal with. And so I'll chalk it up with, oh, well, I just, I don't talk about those kind of things. And so we do kind of, I think in some ways live this life of like, it's okay for me, but it's not for them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. What what a powerful um, and dangerous phrase. Yeah. Like, think about that, right? Like, um, Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. (laughs) I get it, right? And we have those freedoms and all of those kind of things. And um, I think at the end of the day, like we often throw those around. And if if we're really honest with ourselves, like it, it, the the great freedom is, um, I think, to err in the side of caution, right? And. And so I think for us to be wise, especially as ministers, maybe maybe as much as we're worried about what students know that we watch and listen to, um, we should be equally as concerned of what we watch and listen mm. to, right? Um, and, and I think that that's fair. I, I think that none of us would be um, – none of us would miss or lose anything of our life. If we just examine that, yeah. right, and we examine our own heart and what we take in, and because um, it's one thing to stand in front of students and say the things that you take in your mind and your ears affect your heart, and and I think that we would all probably three agree with that, right, at some yeah. level, um, and and we'll teach that and we'll say that, and then we're really quick to jump on, and Netflix. then we fall right back down our Netflix wormhole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. But Um, but I I want everybody to hear what just happened though. Thank Chad. I want you to thank you for sharing honestly about how you feel about this, but you're so brave, but, but I want you to hear like, like even in your answer, the tension of you sharing authentically about some of the things that you can't share authentically. And I think that's a really important thing when we talk to our students is like, this is, this is a gray question and a gray answer because like you being honest enough to share honestly about some of the things that you couldn't share honestly with your students about maybe until this moment, again, begins to kind of like break things open, but it also creates this real kind of like new level of relationship between like pastor and student. And that's why I think, cause so we, we joked at the beginning of the episode. So how are we going to land this one? And I said, I don't know. And, but I guess at this point I would just say, you need to have as quality of relationships with other ministry people, whether that's folks on staff, other youth ministers in your area, people in a mastermind group, folks you can turn to call text, whatever, as you, as you do with your students, volunteers and parents, because this is not something that I think left up to our own deciding we will always decide best. I, I think for a lot of us, when it comes to the levels at which we communicate honestly, openly, authentically, with a, with, with a, with a full degree of transparency that we are not the best person to censor 
or to silence or to speak for ourselves because we we can't see all of it. And the same reason that you shouldn't share the story until you've got a better grasp on what's actually happening in the story, I think for, for you as the youth minister, for what you take in, for what's happening in you, for how much of your past or your present or your day that you share needs to be propped up, supported by the community of other ministry-minded folks who you trust enough to share honestly, openly. Like if if you wouldn't tell a ministry friend about what you were going to share, then please don't tell your students. Like if you can't overshare first with a Chad or a Kristen in your life, then please do not drop it on your students or your volunteers or your parents or whoever, because we, we need to run these things through. And, and this is not like a vetting thing where it's like, I read every sermon to my best friend Chad before I teach it but that you need to be in constant dialogue I do I do you need to be in constant dialogue and conversation with your ministry people because they they will help support you in this because there is a, a sacred trust there is a sacred honor in being called pastor minister leader by a group of young people and I would hate that to go to waste because of a, of a mishandled quotation from a PG-13 movie or a lack of, of judgment in sharing a story about your past. I'm going to turn your world upside down. And I'm going to show you 